Good morning, church. How are you guys doing? Good. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether you're in person with us or you're online. We love having you guys with us, so thank you so much. Uh, my name is Clark Lund. I'm your family pastor, if we've never met, uh, filling in for Pastor John. Uh, he and his family are just recovering from COVID right now. Um, but I wanted to say on his behalf, just thank you so much for the prayers and the support and the blessings that you've been sending their family. Uh, wanted to let you know that they're, they're all getting better and they're going to be back with us very soon. So thank you so much for that. So we're in the middle of, John started us last week, we're starting off a new series that's called Dream Big. Um, it's based off of a book called Bob, or by Bob Goff, um, and we actually have one for each of our families out on the guest services table before, table before you leave. So pick one up before you go. So last week, John asked us to dig deep and find out who we are, where you are in your life, and what are the desires of your heart. Then he unwrapped the book a little bit further, and he, and he challenged us to see who is God calling you to be and what you're supposed to become. So that's what we're talking about today, figuring out who you're supposed to be. So why are we holding back from our dreams? Is it the fear of not making it? Are we, are we scared of what others might think if we fail? Or are we looking at the end and saying to ourselves, there's just no way I can do it. You know, with the kids and COVID and the job and school, it's just too much. You know, as I was, as I was writing this up, I thought about the guy at the Diamondbacks Stadium. You know, the one that sells the, the soda and the popcorn and the candy, he's got this massive tray, right? This strap that goes around his neck. It's got to be super heavy. And he walks around and he says, you know you want it. Come and get it. You, gonna, you know you want it, right? Is that guy still around? Is he? I think he is. I don't know. So the funny thing is that if he doesn't let people know what he has to offer and walk up and down those steps all day, he will never make his goal. Or he will never be able to figure out, you know, the needs in his own life or the needs of other people. Which actually brings me to my first point. When you're trying to figure out who you're supposed to be, I want you to take that next step. See, we lived at the top of the city when I grew up in Lake Havasu. And you're probably thinking, oh, Clark, what a posh palace you must have lived in at the top of the city. That is not the case. We actually, we... <laughs> We lived at the top of the city, which was furthest away from the city, and we could get a bigger house for less money. That's why we actually lived up there. So before I get into the story, I want to give you a little family history. So both of my parents are from a small town, Iowa. My dad actually grew up on a farm in Iowa. They both became educators, right? And then they decided to live the dream. No more shoveling snow. They're going to move to Los Angeles, right? It's California in the 60s, baby. It's the beach, it's the city, it's all good things, LA, right? But after 15, 20 years, they decided, you know what? The city's kind of changing. We've had enough. Let's move to Havasu, right? Less than 10 people or 10,000 people there. Great place for Clark to grow up. Small town, right? Just like they had, well, kind of. Said, here's the plan. So my, my parents got together and said, here's the plan. Let's buy a bus. Mm -hmm. But not just any bus, a double-decker English bus that serves ice cream and doesn't really move. It doesn't move at all, actually. Because people that visit the London Bridge, and it's hot, they're going to want to buy ice cream. Because can't you picture everybody with an ice cream cone? It's all dripping down their hand. 
They said, wait, you know what? That, that might be a little expensive. So let's, let's go in with my, with my dad's folks. They're going to go in it together. They go half in this business venture, right? Havesies. You know that I have teenagers. Havesies in the business venture. And they said, you know what? We could probably cut down our cost too if we all just got in one house. All of us. Folks, everybody, just in one house, we'll all live together and it'll be happily ever after. If you've ever even been near to a situation like that, you know the pain and the drama that comes out of those kind of family things. But here's the deal. I don't look at it as a, as a negative. Rather, I applaud my parents for, for making that move. It was a big, bold move. From the city moving into a, a small town and we had nothing. No, not for their business decision. That was totally different because, you know, I had to like bend over and you had to serve the ice cream and I was the only one that didn't hit their head when they were, you know, trying to serve the ice cream. But anyway, I applaud them. I thank them for taking that step to improve our lives. If we stayed in LA, I might be still sitting on the beach smoking something and, you know, living with my parents and saying, brah, I can't wait for the next wave, brah. Right, that was a terrible accent, so I apologize to anybody that surfs. But here's the deal. If you... If you hold back and don't take that risk, don't take that step, you'll never know if it was meant to be or not. And I'm here to tell you that it's no different than your faith or with your faith, no matter where you are spiritually. So you can't be afraid of that next step. Little side note, I have, I have students and young adults that come to me all the time and they say, I'm kind of I'm scared because I... I don't know what, if, what's going to happen to me when I do that. Or I've been burned by that person. I can't go back to that. Can you imagine if, if God didn't allow us to keep those bad memories? So every time you touched a hot pot, you'd be like, ah. Then you go out, you're hanging out with your friends, and they're saying, why do you got all those scars on your hand? Like, I don't, I don't know. They just keep coming. I'm not, I'm not really sure. He gave us a memory so we could remember our mistakes. So we don't do it again, right? Isn't that one of the reasons that God gave us the Bible? So we could learn from our mistakes. Back on track. So when it comes to following our faith, you have to take that step. Otherwise, you're not moving. If you're not moving, you're not growing. And you know why? Because you're still on the same step. I'm just letting you know it's not... You know, it's not rocket science. I'm just pointing out the obvious. If you're, not, if you're not moving, you're not growing. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to picture yourself at the bottom of the staircase. Or it's the old kind of wood stairs. You got that wainscoting going up the side that's all dark wood. You got rounded rails on either side. And at the top is a bright light. You're not sure where it ends or how many stairs there are that's, that lead up to it, but you're drawn to it. It invites you in. And you know that it's a good thing, but for some reason, we don't step towards it. Why is that? What's holding you back from this relationship? A relationship that won't ever stop, it won't ever let you down, it is filled with more joy and reward than you could ever imagine for some reason, for some reason. We don't take that step. Dr. Martin Luther King said, faith is taking that first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. And you're like, what? Say that again? I will. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. 
You know, it's no different than Abraham asking Isaac up the mountain, right? It's no different than Peter dropping his pole. And if you're saying to me right now, it's a net, Clark. It's a net. It wasn't a pole. <laughs> take a step. I'm <laughs> just letting you know, take that step. See, it's not him dropping his pole or his net and following Jesus, right? <laughs> it's no different than my family moving to Havasu because without that, my mom wouldn't have given me the foundation and took me to church and showed me what my life was supposed to be. And that's no different than you taking that next step and finding that next level in your faith. You know what's funny? Is you're actually doing that right now, you don't even know. Whether you're sitting at home and your PJs watching this or you actually came in person. See, it doesn't have to be about deep theological discussions. It doesn't have to be about memorizing Bible verses, even though those are all good things. It's about you walking through that door every Sunday. It's about you getting a little bit closer to him every day. So when you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to be, I want you to take that next step. Point number two. When you're trying to figure out who you're supposed to be, I want you to build a boat. You know, sometimes we don't want to take that next step. It's not because we're scared. It's not because we don't think it's God's path. But it's just too big, right? And we say to ourselves, there's just no way that I could do that. You know, a lot of times we look at the, the big goal that God has for us and we get discouraged. Well, let me tell you a story. It's about a guy I know. Really good guy. He's one of those guys you can trust, right? He's a guy you can hang out with. He's one of those guys that your truck breaks down, you can call him any time of the night and he'll come pick you up. And when you talk to him, he'll be straight with you, right? But he'll show you love and he's always got your back. Always got your back. And his faith, he's been walking up that staircase whenever he can. So it's no surprise when his father looks at all his kids. This is the one that he's super proud of, right? A man who stands out above the rest. You know, he loves all of his kids. Of course he does. He's their dad, right? But this is the one that really steps up and stands out. You know, unfortunately, on the other side of this, we, we see that it deeply saddens the father. To the point where his heart hurts, the, the pain that is so great of watching his other sons and daughters continue to go down the wrong road, that it seems like the tears just flow daily. With every ugly outburst, with every sign of disrespect, it feels like there's this, this knife that's slowly being pushed into his chest. This father is so disgusted and disappointed, in fact, that with the others, that he chooses to carry on his legacy with his one son. All of his time and energy is now focused on him. So the father calls him over and he says, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to grab some of those cypress trees. I want you to build a boat. So the son at this point, I'm sure, is thinking, fishing boat, right? Lazy days, pole in the water. <laughs> if you're saying, there he goes with that pole thing again. <laughs> take a step. Just take a step. So he's sitting there with a pole in the water. He's got his cowboy hat down. He's leaning up against the cooler. It's a perfect day. Perfect day. And he says, yeah, Pop, sure, of course. Whatever you want. I got you. And the father says, I know what you're thinking. But I was leaning more towards a Cardinal Stadium type boat. Right? 
I want it to be 150 yards long. That's a, that's a football field and a half. And I want it to be 75 feet wide. So when it starts in the middle, it'll kind of, it'll hit that first row of bleachers, just kind of rest on those, kind of come up. No, by the way, it's going to be three stories tall, so twice as big as the, as the goalpost. So when I'm sitting in the box seats, I can actually see the deck. It looks really good. It'll look sweet. But don't worry. Don't worry. It's going to be okay because I have, I have your three boys that are going to help you out with this. No, I'm picturing young boys at this point, right? They're running around, hitting each other, making, you know, they're burping, making fart noises. They're doing all these things, right? It's what little boys do. But the son is looking at his boys and thinking about this boat, and his jaw drops, and he's like. <laughs> and then the father says, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, I need you to wrangle up a male and a female animal and bring it with you. And the son's like, okay, what, which one would you like me to pick? He says, oh, each one, every species I created. Oh, and by the way, you're going to bring some food, too, just so you know each one of them. You're going to throw it all on the boat. So I'm picturing the son at this point replying with, okay, so I'm building this massive boat, right, with my boys. One's picking his nose right now. No power tools because there's no DeWalt at this point. I'm going to play Dr. Doolittle with a bunch of animals, right? And then I'm going to throw a bunch of, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a rabbit out of a hat and I'm going to throw a bunch of food onto a boat without a fridge. And God says, that's exactly what I'm saying. No, oh, by the way, you might want to go home and tell your wife because you're going to need to give her the heads up on this. And he's like, really? Really, God? How can I do this? But here's the craziness of it all. No, didn't make excuses or, or throw it aside for another day. His reply to God? I'll do whatever it takes. You know what's great about this story is that it shows there are some things that we just can't do on our own. It takes an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving God to make that happen, not us. Now, are you going to work your butt off? Yes, you are. But you're not going to be able to do it alone. See, because it's not the size of the task, but who's asking you to do it. And then who, who are you really relying on to bring it all to life, amen? You're just taking that next step. So when you're trying to figure out who you're supposed to be, I want you to build a boat. Point number three. When you're trying to figure out who you're supposed to be, you have to know the why. See, trying to figure out the why is the hardest part. Anybody can give you steps on how to get there, but the why is the key to all of it. So if you've ever read any other Bob Goff books, you'll know there's a reoccurring theme that's going on, and it's love. Not just any kind of love, love like you, you love your family and your friends, right? We're talking big, crazy, wild Jesus kind of love. See, most days we love on the ones that are closest to us, and that's good. We should be doing that. But the big Jesus kind of love goes way beyond that. So you didn't see Jesus sitting around Nazareth with a, a fishing pole, right? There. there he goes with the fishing pole. I can't. You didn't see him sitting around Nazareth. He was out, right? He was spreading love to sinners and tax collectors 
and crazy naked people and prostitutes. When's the last time you hugged a prostitute? Just saying. <laughs> you know what? Take, I take that back. You don't, you don't want to do that. Your, your spouse wouldn't appreciate it, probably. But you know what I'm talking about. Why do you think you, you feel good? Why do you think you feel good when we adopted the Rodriguez family for Christmas? Or you give out a, a pair of socks to a homeless person when it's a really cold day. Or just give somebody a hug that really needs it. It's love. It's love. It's that big, crazy kind of Jesus love. And when you give that to other people, the same kind of love that Jesus gave us, it fills your heart. And you know the crazy thing? It fills the other person's heart too. And isn't that what we're called to do anyway? Over 600 laws in the Old Testament. But Jesus, Jesus comes down and he says, you know what, let me break this down for you because it's obviously a little bit too much for you guys. I'm going to give you two. Just two. That's it. You ready? Love God. Yep. Love God with everything that you have. And the second, love others. Big, crazy love. The love that goes beyond walls and borders. It doesn't care about political sides or gay or straight or left or right, even though we have our own ideas on all that. But love beyond your walls. Love beyond these walls. Because when you set out to do that every day, every day, with just one person, this life with Jesus takes on a whole new meaning. Your why is wrapped around this thing called love. So let me sum all this up for you. So when you're trying to figure out who you're supposed to be, I want you to take that next step. I want you to get closer to the one that knows you, the one that created you, the one that calls you his child. Next, when you're trying to figure out who you're supposed to be, I want you to build a boat. I want you to build a boat and go beyond what you do. I want you to find out how big your life is supposed to be with God helping you do it. And then finally, when you're trying to figure out who you're supposed to be, I want you to wrap your why with love in everything that you do. You need to ask yourself, is this the big, crazy Jesus kind of love that we see in the Bible, that we see in Bob's books? And am I using it in the way I've been gifted with? You know, finally, as the band joins me on stage, John challenged us all last week to 21 days of prayer. We're asking God, what, what do you want me to do? And who are you calling me to be? You know, I think a lot of times when we come into our prayer life, it's rushed, right? We have a lot of things going on. But our goal in prayer shouldn't look like a grocery list that we have for God. Our goal in prayer should be just to connect with God, to come into his presence. You know, I heard about this interview with Dan Rather. He was an old school CBS news anchor from back in the day. He had an interview with Mother Teresa. You know, he's given the interview and he gets to the end and he says, Mother Teresa, what's the, what's the secret to all this? To all this? And she replies with one word, prayer. He says, well, what, what do you say to God? 
Mother Teresa in a calm and confident voice says, nothing. I just listen. So Dan's scrambling at this point, right? He's like, this interview isn't going to go well. It's never going to get played. So he throws out one last question. He said, so if you don't mind me asking, what, what does he say? What does God say to you? Her reply was, nothing. He just listens too. So now, if you're one of those people that had a hard time with the net and the fishing pole, you're probably spinning right now. <laughs> you're saying, Clark, nobody's talking, nobody's praying. How can we do this? Hopefully this will help. Because in her last words in the interview, she says, if you can't understand that, I can't explain it to you. Meaning the goal of prayer is being in the presence of God. It's not supposed to be a list of wants. That's not a relationship. It's all about being with him. Because when you can truly come into his presence and sit and be still and listen, you know, I would bet that's that's when you're going to come out of it having a better understanding of who you are, where you are in life, what you want, and most important, who you're supposed to be. So would you do me a favor? Would you just, as we go into prayer, would you just take a second, come into his presence, and then I'll finish this with prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you that we have this relationship with you, Lord, that we can just come and sit and be still and quiet and it's comfortable. And we learn and we grow and we love through that relationship. Lord, we thank you so much for, for having the ability to take that next step, that next step in our faith, Lord, that leads to you that gets us closer every day, and we just thank you so much for that. We thank you that, that we can build a boat. Lord, that, that, we, that we can rely on you no matter what. And that if we really want to see our dreams come true, we want our life to be fulfilled, Lord, we have to rely on you to get those big dreams to happen. And Lord, we know all of it is centered around this thing we call love. That's why you sent your son to be with us, to save us. And it's that love. It's that love that we need. It's that love with that we feel. And it all comes from you. We thank you, Lord, for all this and more. It's in your son's name.